You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. This is going to be an exciting segment, and I want to invite you to hang out with us today, where we'll be hosting a conversation with our guest, Brian English. Brian is the president and part owner of Four Walls, a Cleveland, Ohio-based company, which is a designer and producer of digitally printed wall coverings, window films, acoustic, and other decor solutions. So please join me in welcoming today's guest, Mr. Brian English. Welcome to our podcast, Brian. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And so, Brian, let's just kind of dive in with a little bit of history and and color about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can get to know you. Yeah, sure. You know, it's uh, it's interesting we're on this, but uh, you know, I grew up at a very young age, uh, learning about and hearing about my great grandfather who moved to the United States from Czechoslovakia. Uh, and somewhere in Czechoslovakia, he he had the invention of the snap. You know, what you snap your jeans with. And uh, he took that when he came here and he wanted to start his own metal stamping business to make the snap and make it in the United States. And, uh, and it's funny, you know, his name was Rojiska. And uh, because of that, he couldn't get a loan. And so he changed his name to Rose. Uh, and then the next day was able to get a loan miraculously and uh, you know, started a business that is now a very large metal stamping company in Cleveland, Ohio, that, uh, that supplies the automotive industry. And it's interesting because, you know, my uncles and family run that business, uh, but I never really wanted to go into that particular business. I was just excited on the concept that he was able to come here and do that and build that from scratch. And just that American dream was just very appealing to me, always has been. Um, and even in my time going to school, I had another uncle who, uh, who was an entrepreneur and created his own real estate business, which grew and was successful. And I just I feel like I grew up with a lot of great, you know, mentors and, and on that front. And it's just what I always wanted to do. And then when I went to I went to college at John Carroll University in Cleveland. And I, within the second year, honestly, I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. But by the second year, I took an accounting class. I got an A on the first test and somebody said, hey, you should think of doing this as a career. It seemed easy. A year later, I already had a job lined up for after school, so it seemed like the route to go. Um, and I just followed that path, followed the money to some extent, went into auditing, public accounting, followed that the internal audit, um, the manufacturing segments, uh, found a, a great group of mentors, uh, mentors that I followed, uh, two companies actually, and spent about seven years of my career learning everything from financial reporting to you know, controllership to finance, acquisitions, leadership, you name it, and just had a couple of wonderful mentors along the way. But while that was happening and I was becoming a workaholic, uh, I had gotten married. We had had our first child. Uh, my job was in Pittsburgh, but we lived in Cleveland, so I was gone a lot. That put a lot of stress on my wife, um, obviously, a lot of stress on our, our marriage, obviously. And that became challenging. So we, uh, we found a way, found a job that I could work in Cleveland, you know, and, and tried a couple different jobs in Cleveland, which they were, they were okay. It's just they didn't offer me the, the flexibility that my previous mentors had. Uh, and I just started to feel very restricted in the corporate world. 
and just kept coming back to that that dream I always had of, of doing my own thing and, and building it. And you know, lucky for me, um, I've got the most amazing spouse, wife in the world, and her family is incredible. And um, you know, they they believed in me and really encouraged encouraged me and and us to kind of go out and try to find a, a business that we could run on our own. I mean, as an accountant. I always joke that I, I have no actual skills, right? I, I can look at numbers and, uh, and I can understand the business, but I'm not going to make anything. So I didn't want to get into anything too complicated. And so we just started networking and said, all right, how could we find a business? And, and through, through some networks, we came across four walls. It's pretty incredible the more I think about this, that how perfect of a fit that was. I mean, ultimately, we were going to need to borrow a bunch of money uh, and buy a business, but... I mean, this this company for us at the time wasn't too big. It wasn't too small, you know, and, and I think they had eight employees at the time. Um, we met two of them during the due diligence process and just fell in love with the two key leaders of the business, um, the founder of the business. We shared a lot of values with and, uh, and you know, the rest was kind of history, but it really was kind of a Goldilocks situation from that standpoint. That's That's about it from how we got into it. Yeah, well, Brian, it sounds like you had a little influence with entrepreneurial blood in your family, a little direction with good mentors and people that sort of encouraged you along the way to sort of get to where you where you are today. And so tell us a little bit about your business. Tell us about Four Walls. What do you guys do? Yeah, so I mean, we design and print custom wall coverings, window films, and other products. We currently focus on the commercial markets, so hospitality, corporate, healthcare, education, you name it. So uh, what we do differently from our competition and have been doing really even since 1998, I think we're the first to do it in the industry, but uh, what we do differently is we bring our own content to the table, our own designs that, that our team comes up with. So we have a creative studio and that team is you know, following trends in the industry and trying to create things that fulfill those trends, whether they be color or style, uh, you name it. And so we bring that to the table so that an interior designer doesn't have to spend time with a white sheet of paper trying to come up with something from scratch or search the internet. It's, it's just there in front of them, and then we can customize that concept to anything that they'd like, and then print the scale, uh, etc. So that's what we do. That's what we do best. We've just been trying to expand the application base of our designs, so other things we can print them on. So that's kind of how we got into window film. So we can do privacy film for your office windows, you name it. Do a lot of that. Um, recently, we've launched an acoustic product, so you can get the same design benefit to your wall, but now it also absorbs sound. Um, and we can uh, can also do wall protection products now as well. So that that list continues to expand and continually grow. Um, but the core of the business is the design studio and uh, the digital print capability. Very good. Well, Brian, it sounds like uh, you made quite a leap from going from being an accountant to a business that sounds like it's a little bit more on the creative end. And so what? You know, what was it? How was it that you found this business and, and how did you get started in this one and decide that this is the one that, that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, you know, my, my father-in-law and I, I remember sitting around in the summer talking about how to do this. And we decided we were just going to start networking with the people we knew, you know, the, the accountants, the attorneys, the um, <clears throat> you know, financial advisors, other folks that we knew. And over the next couple of weeks, months, uh, things came across our desk. We looked at them. Nothing was super exciting. Uh, turned out my, my father-in-law's attorney happened to also be the attorney for the founder of the company. And that's how the connection was made. And, and he was looking to you know move off into other aspects of life. 
Um, the founder had actually, he had a creative design studio going back to the 80s that did all the wall covering, a lot of the wall covering design for the major wallpaper brands in the 80s and 90s. And then when the wallpaper fell out of favor, you know, he had the foresight to see digital as the next frontier of wall covering. Um, and so in 1998, he created Four Walls as a, a spinoff of that company, but they operated, you know, simultaneously together. Uh, and so Four Walls created, they did like the peel and sticks, even before Fathead uh, was around, things like that. So when we bought the company, it was about 90% this commercial brand. And the name of the brand is called Level Digital Wall Coverings. I mean, it's the name of the primary brand or biggest brand that we operate. And Level was exact. That was what we loved and saw when my wife and I saw this business, this, the creative aspect of that. It was the other 10% of the business where, you know, it was your traditional uh, borders, you know, maybe some, some residential murals and, and things of that nature. But it took us about a year and a half to realize that's not where we wanted to be. And we, we shut down that side of the business, but, and really focused on this uh, commercial custom decor market. But honestly, what we saw in the business first and foremost was the design capability, the intellectual property. I saw from a financial side, uh, digital printing, and I saw uh, low inventory since it was custom and, and things like that, that, that we could scale. Ultimately, we saw we could scale. The, uh, the business at the time, I knew nothing about these distributor partners that the company had. Um, since then, you know, we've made wonderful relationships with them and more relationships with other distributors in the industry. And that's been huge for us. I mean, as an accountant, knowing that I had distributor partners who could handle the sales side while I could operate, you know, the, the business itself uh, and not have to worry about that um, has been huge. So, so our partners have been incredible in our growth story. And that was reassuring for me, like I said, as an accountant. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, what we loved and fell in love with in the business was the people. Like I said, the, the two key leaders in the business, uh, we instantly felt a connection with, knew we could, knew we could trust, and that has done nothing but, uh, but grow ever since. So, I mean, honestly, at a company of eight people, if you get that many people, you know, two people, and those two people are with us today, you know, we've gone from eight to 23. So we've grown quite a bit, but it's like, it's been all about the people, and it's, it goes to a lot of the other stories. Well, Brian, that sounds like a, a fantastic organization, and it sounds like it's scaling and it's growing and and doing well for you. But uh, ultimately, along the way, as you know, owning a business has its ups and has its downs, and sometimes you go side to side. And uh, so, what you know, let's let's just talk about that for a moment. What's been the biggest challenge that you have <laughs> faced along the way here so far? Yeah, I mean, in one word, it, it's the growth. But I mean, it's you know, it's funny. It, I was an accountant, which I've said before. But you know, people always told me, and so I thought I knew it, that you know, people can either be your greatest asset or people can be your greatest obstacle. Um, so I thought, hey, I know that. I'll just treat people well, and no problem. Um, I found that there's a lot more to it than that, especially if you're trying to grow a company that's got a, a culture of eight people to a culture of 23 people and beyond. Um, and along the way, that was tough. You know, that was very difficult. Um, you know, just one of the things I, I found was that, you know, like as we went, as we grew, as we added people, I tried to just say, hey, what's the culture of this company? What's the culture of these people? Um, and we would hire around that, right? And we would hire through connections and so forth. But as we grew, I, I personally started to feel uncomfortable in the culture. Um, and I knew others did. And so I didn't like where it was going. And so I said, I need to get a hold of this culture. And so I tried different things. 
uh, one of which was I thought, hey, I'll bring in some people I know. Right? I'll bring in maybe some friends and that'll, they'll help me get over the hump. But all that did was make things worse. <laughs> it created division between who, who Brian's friends were and who they weren't and, um, and who, you know, whether I can talk bad about these. And, and I, I created a lot of issues. Right? I thought that I knew best in a lot of areas. And honestly, that in and of itself, it was a couple of years ago, but really spun me into a bad mental place. Um, the pressure of my company, the pressure of the relationship with my business partner and spouse, um, who was telling me these are not, you know, these are not the decisions that you want to be making. This is going the wrong direction. And me saying, no, 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 this is where we need to go. And that created those dynamics that were not good. And I just felt completely under a rock. Um, and that was not a good place to be in. To the point where, you know, my wife came in and thank God <laughs> kind of had the intervention with me. And at the time, I did not think she was right. I really didn't. Um, and I couldn't see the forest through, through the trees of my emotions at the time. And we were not, we were not in a good place. And the company and my, my, like I said, those two wonderful people, those two leaders, one of them, our general manager had left um, because she didn't feel comfortable in the culture that, that I was helping to create. Um, and along the way, we were having billing issues and cash issues because we couldn't build things properly and we weren't getting paid as a result. Uh, and just, we weren't doing well. And um, so ultimately, we made the decisions to eliminate the people that, that were, that I brought in and, you know, start over. And so we did. Luckily, we were able to get our general manager back, uh, a wonderful general manager back. My father-in-law, who's a retired CFO, COO, entrepreneur, grew through a big company, um, he, you know, through his retirement said, hey, I'll come in and I'll do your billing. I'll reconcile your cash. He, up until COVID, quite frankly, for about a year and a half, was coming in and doing all of our invoicing. <laughs> I mean, talk about somebody, just humility. And I, I learned humility through all this, ultimately. Um, my wife, she was right. To this day, I haven't been able to convey to her how right she was. Um, but it took me a while to see that. Uh, it took me a while to truly feel that, that ultimately we needed to make a lot of changes on this front. Um, and, and really, I decided at one point that I know in my mind, she's got my back. I know she must be right. Even though I don't feel it, I trust her. And that's when we made decisions to change. Uh, and thank God that we did. Um, you know, like, thank God we were able to do this. Then she came in and for a couple months did our accounts payable processing because we needed help doing that. So just everybody in my, you know, all my people, I, I figured out who my people were in this process. And along the way, about a year later, after honestly, I between, between counseling and a lot of self-reflection, trying to figure out how I got here, um, you know, I was doing a lot of reading. Uh, I came across EOS, which is a, a you know through a, a book, the traction book that my father-in-law had given me to read. So in love with it. Uh, started to implement it, and uh, honestly, that has been the vehicle uh, to which is, we've gotten a lot of our health back. So that's that's been the biggest challenge, honestly. It's, it's people, um, you know, but kind of getting out of that is is the next step, I guess. But we, uh, like I said, through EOS, um, we started learning about our core values and we decided, hey, let's put together the core values that we want to have. And then we started hiring people that fit those and we started rewarding people who lived those. And we started, um, you know, allowing the people to go who didn't. And to this day, 
Uh, every single person in my organization is somebody I would hang out for hours with, you know, talking, drinking a beer with, you name it. They all, we all try to do the right thing at all times. And, and when we screw up, you know, we acknowledge it. Um, we try to make it right. I mean, those are the values that, that we like to, that we like to demonstrate. And, uh, and those are the people we have now, every single one of them. And it's, it's night and day as to where we are as a business. We would not have survived COVID if this had happened two years ago. So to some extent, I'm just grateful that, uh, that all this happened when it did. So just to kind of paraphrase here, it, it sounds like your, your biggest challenge was getting a hold of your culture and yeah, letting that be absolutely. your guiding beacon. Yeah, letting that be your guiding beacon as to how you made decisions, how you guys operated uh, and, and so forth. And, and the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, you'll have a culture, whether it's one that's proactive, that you actively engage and lead with your organization, or it's one that's spinning out of control and others are uh, sort of in control of, so to speak. And so it sounds like you, you kind of, as you were growing, that culture just evolved on you and you had to retake control of what that destiny and what that culture was, was ultimately designed to look like and what you wanted it to feel like for, for your company going forward. Does that sound accurate? That's, that's, that's definitely accurate. Yeah. And so your wife, apparently, it sounds like, helped you to see the light. You bet. <laughs> she still does in other ways, you know, <laughs> she still does. Um, and, and she's, she's kind of the, she's the beacon with our family, with all three of our kids. You know, they're, they're incredible kids. Um, that's the funny thing. In the midst of all of this, uh, all this good thing within four months after we bought the company and started integrating it, um, we ended up adopting a baby. Um, and so our, our grace uh, is now four years old, um, you know, but, and all three of my kids, uh, <clears throat> properly reflect all of my wife's best qualities, um, which is, which is amazing, but they all do in their unique ways. So let me ask you, Brian, uh, as you, as you've gone through this experience, trying to reconfigure a culture and that's, that's never an easy change in a company. What, what's been the key learnings that you took away from going through this experience now that you've been through it and you've come out on, and, and you maybe you've come out on the other side here, or at least you're headed in the right direction. What is it that you've taken away from this experience? You know, I mean, the biggest thing I learned and learned, the, I would say, the hard way to some extent uh, is humility. I don't know. I guess I always thought I was a humble person, but along the way, in, in hindsight and reflection, you know, I thought I knew best and I don't. I don't know how I got there necessarily, but, you know, I learned that there's a reason you have people. <laughs> there's a reason you have people that love you, that you love, that you take care of. And there's a, and having that support group, having your people, I mean, that's, that's made all the difference for me and finding those people. That's my wife, my in-laws, um, my core family and my leadership team now that I have at Four Walls. Uh, I mean, those are, our, those are absolutely our core, our core people. And, you know, relying on them, listening to them um, to find your blind spots. I know the next step I should, I know I should take uh, is, you know, kind of having a little bit more of a formal um, board, so to speak, for the company itself. I haven't, we start, we tried that for a second um, and, and kind of fell by the wayside, but I want to get back there. Um, but the people that guide me in my life are the people I mentioned and, you know, they see my blind spots. The, <laughs> the trick is actually allowing yourself to see them when they tell you. Um, and so that's, that was the biggest thing for me. 
um, you know, and, and also the, the part I, you know, and then going back and acknowledging when you've made mistakes and trying to make right by those people, um, you know, you might have heard along the way. Uh, that's, that's something I still work on that today, um, you know, and hopefully I'll get better at it as we go. But just trying to just trying to get better as a person, as a man. Um, well, don't 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 beat yourself up, Brian. It's uh, it's we're all a work in progress, <laughs> and we all. Well, I learned that. Trying. That's the point. <laughs> That's right. We 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 are all right. figuring out that we do not have it figured out, and we do not have control. Uh, and so we we have to surround ourselves with good people to help us along the way. We all need friends. So, pivoting on that, tell me about your biggest success along the way. What what's uh, what's the one thing that you've really seen that's uh, been successful and and that you've enjoyed well besides my three kids um who are definitely a work in process but will always be my biggest biggest success and honestly I, professionally i'm i am most proud of the team we've built you know kind of especially coming off that story you know where we were and then like i said all all 23 of these uh team members we have are people i would hang out with and people i would trust with my kids uh, the team and the way that our group works cohesively now is one unit. You know, we all share the same values. And one of the best things I love is when I say something I, I, I shouldn't, or if they see something from a different perspective, virtually everybody on my team will call me out on it. <laughs> virtually nobody, I don't have any yes people anymore, which I am so proud of. I mean, even during the COVID thing, I made and we were, we tried to go down the same direction with the best with the with with the best intentions. We were trying to do the right thing for our employees and so forth. But you know, some of my employees called me out on stuff, and emotionally, I was mad at them. <laughs> I was very mad. But I learned not to trust my emotions over the last couple of years, and so we gave it time. Um, you know, and those to this day are some of the best employees I have, and I am thankful when they call me out on that stuff. You know, and the fact that the fact that we have those people. Um, just makes me so proud. The fact that we have a team of people who love uh, our company as much as we do. Um, that's what I'm most proud of. But, you know, it's, you could say that our greatest success uh, is the result of my biggest failure. And I think that's that's what makes me most proud. If anything. Well, it sounds like you've definitely built a great team. And that all starts at the top, Brian, with leadership and uh, the fact that you have recognized your weaknesses and allowing others to make mistakes and allowing others to uh, help point you in the right direction just is a great sign of leadership. And given that you have realized this success, what would you what would you trace back and identify that sort of contributed to that revelation or to you you reaching that sort of pivotal moment or that success? You now, besides all the above, I mean, Mike. Honestly, people people say this. Uh, people say this. I, I've felt an appreciation for it, especially over the last several months, even still. Uh, you know, but when I've always learned, and people said this, and I try to think about it a lot. Um, you know, you're never you're never as down as you as you think you are. You're never as up as you think you are, right? And just being able to trust and have faith that somebody has a plan for you, no matter who you think that might be. Uh, somebody's got a plan. Things will work out the way they're supposed to work out. Uh, as painful as it might be at any one point in time. And I think ultimately when you trace it back, it's, uh, it's my, my, you know, my faith uh, in God and my, my faith that things will work out. 
Um, and maybe that's the benefit of a wonderful childhood and, and good luck along the way and um, meeting some wonderful people and having great mentors that have allowed me to have that positive outlook on life. But you know, I would say just kind of always trying to remain positive that things will work out in the end. Uh, that's, that's what's gotten me through and that's what I would trace back. Okay. So Brian, you know, you're, you've been relatively successful with this journey so far and obviously you've been through some bumps and bruises and some learnings along the way. You've had some challenges, you've had some successes, uh, just given that perspective, what is it that you believe that makes some businesses or people successful while others tend to struggle? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't always know why other people struggle, right? I know I can really speak to my experiences, but I, I, I always say this to people, but I try really hard not to judge other people because I know I haven't lived in their shoes and I know I haven't had their experiences and our views and experiences will always be different. Um, what makes the world so dynamic all the time. But um, for me and my own experiences, um, I think where I am today is, you know, I've recognized like what you said that, um, you know, being able to identify my weaknesses and, and start working on them uh, also leads other people to do the same thing and make people more open. I would say, you know, for me, I, I, humility has been a big deal. Um, people that I see struggle, uh, struggle with humility. Um, people that, you know, people don't want to follow, you know, they struggle with humility. I think there's, there's a few people we can all think of, I'm sure, off the top of our tongue who struggle with that. For me, what makes me successful, and I mentioned this before, but it's, it's my people. <laughs> they make all the difference. Finding that team is incredible. Um, you know, and, and also for me with, People who try to do the right thing, um, honestly, um, seems to be the, they seem to be the ones who succeed. And the people who make things right when things go wrong, they seem to be the ones who succeed. And the people always say working hard, there's no doubt. I know my father-in-law always says to, you know, definitely you want to work hard, but there's, don't, there's no doubt that successful people have a, at least a little bit of luck along the way. Um, and being thankful and appreciative for the people who paved your path and being appreciative for the people who who came before you, uh, taught you the lessons, the lessons that you've learned that have allowed you to be successful. Um, but you got to be ready for it. I mean, if somebody could show you the golden path, um, but if you're not ready to walk down it, you're not going to get there. So you got to be able to work hard. You got to be prepared. Um, you know, and you got to have your eyes open for opportunities uh, along the way. You know, Brian, what a great story. And I think that you told it so well and that, you, you have to remain open and humble and open to learning from others and not, you know, once you figure out that you don't have all the answers, that there are others along the way that can help and help to guide you and keep you on track. And, uh, that, you know, you're, you're kind of like I am, you, you, you tend, I think that you tend to believe that most people in the world want to do a good job and people want to help. And so I think that that realization for you has just been a tremendous gift for you to be able to be successful and let others do their, you know, what, what they're, what they're gifted at and, and so forth. So it just sounds like a wonderful story, uh, Brian, for, for you and, and the people at four walls and, and a tribute to your leadership. And so at this point, I'm going to ask you, what is it that makes you optimistic about the future of the Four Walls business? Well, I mean, for Four Walls specifically, 
I'm excited because uh, I think trends in the industry and that and such people seem to be wanting more and more things exactly their way <laughs> when they want it. So that tends to, to lead towards more customization and that sort of thing for us. Um, more technologies, more digital print technologies, uh, they, they continue to, to develop and so forth, which allows us to do more creative things with, uh, with art and the designs that we have. Um, and that's, that's fun and that's exciting for, for all of us. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that I just absolutely love about being an entrepreneur is if I'm lying in bed one day, one night, and I have a thought or I see an opportunity or I see somebody, you know, where somebody's struggling in something, um, you know, I can, I can, if I have an idea, I can make that idea happen. <laughs> may not, may not be tomorrow. Um, and for me, it's not necessarily about the profit or the money. It's just ultimately about trying to, to help people. And, you know, the human condition is to struggle. Um, which means there will always be a place for entrepreneurs who are looking for those struggles and looking for ways to relieve them. So that's what I love about four walls. That's what I love about being an entrepreneur. Well, fantastic, Brian. Uh, you've you've had a wonderful story, uh, and I really appreciate you sharing today with our listeners about the struggles you've been through, the journey that you've been on so far, some of the things that you have learned along the way. And I want to give our listeners uh, an opportunity to be able to learn more about you and Four Walls. Uh, so we're about out of time, and I want to wrap this up. But before we go, where's the best place for our listeners to go to uh, connect with you and to learn more about Four Walls? Yeah, I mean, so Four Walls, we have a website, fourwalls.com. Um, our main brand where we do most of our commercial wall covering is Level Digital Wall Covering. It's a it's uh, findyourlevel.com. Um, you can also get to that through the fourwalls.com website. But also LinkedIn, if I, if I do any public posting or, or write-in at all, it's going to be through LinkedIn. That's where we do most of our connection. Um, of course, Level and Four Walls have uh, all the social media sites. Um, but if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, it's simply Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at fourwalls.com. And that's the number four in all the, the website and the app or, and the uh, email. So it's the number four and then walls.com. That's the best way. Well, Brian, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure having you on our show today. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. It's now time for us to uh, to wrap it up. And I just want to say thank you again. And I hope that you'll come back and join us for another podcast episode. No, we'd love to. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I really appreciate it. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top, but that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life at chiefexecutiveboards.com slash book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Boards event in your area to find out if CEBI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864 527-5917.